Shigori Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai. So we're gathered on the evening of the appearance day of Bhakti Raksakshida Dev Goswami Maharaj, the illustrious founder Acharya of the Sri Chaitanya Saraswat Mat. And so we'll say a few words about the history and uh, contribution of uh, Pujapad Shridhar Goswami Maharaj, who's very important uh, to us as our guru and param guru in the disciplic succession of uh, Madhvagodhya <coughs> Sampradaya. <coughs> And um, to start with a little bit of the uh, life of Sridhar Maharaj, he was uh, he appeared in the world in 1885. That's uh, and and throughout this, there may be uh, references to his godbrother, um, my uh, also guru and your param guru, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, because of course there. Uh, contribution to our lives is is, uh, is intertwined. <clears throat> so, well, he was appeared in the world in eight, eight, eighteen ninety five, and Prabhupada appeared in eighteen ninety six. So they were close in age, one year apart. Shridharmarsh being one year uh, older, and um, well, Prabhupada appeared in the world in Calcutta. Pujapachita Maharaj appeared in the Godamandala. Hmm. I believe that Calcutta must be outside of the Godamandala. Godamandala refers to the, the circle. Mandala of Goda means, refers to the Godadesh, or the, um, the, I guess the broader sense of that would be West Bengal, but the, the more um, precise sense in Godi terminology is that circle uh, geographical circle in which uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, Leela is uh, performed in the context of the Dham, the extension of um, of the immediate uh, Mahipur Navadweep area. So a special area, of course it's not um, pay attention now, to be considered a geographical area that is a dom operad. Just consider that the dom is only or limited by uh, such measurement. As I've often said, maya means, in one sense, to measure. And um, we cannot even measure the material world, to speak of the, the spiritual world and the possibilities that lie there. Nonetheless, there is a geographical uh, limitation to the Dham for the sake of Leela. Just like I've said before, uh, in the Gita it says there's no need for sun and moon, and in Krishna's abode still there is one. There's no need from the point of view of luminosity, it is a self-luminous place. Dham means, in other sense, light. So it is self-luminous. What can can the sun and the moon do there? The self is, in Sri Dharmarsha's own, uh, beautiful and, and compelling, profound, Explanation of of Brahma Gayatri, he identifies the uh, the uh, the sabitur, the the, the 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 sun, the light of the world, with the atma, the jiva, and appropriately so. So it gives light to the sun and the moon, if you will. So, what to speak of then, uh, Bhagwan's abode? But still, there is a sun and the moon. There's a need for it in another sense, for the sense for the sake of, of rasa, hmm? for the sake of lila, and so forth. Hmm? And, of course, the sun and moon are some kind of devotees there. Hmm? Um, so, nonetheless, the geographical, as it's thought without offense, area of the Godamandala, we find that Pujapachita Marsh made his appearance within that circle, in the prestigious village of Hapaniya, I did not have the good fortune to visit Hapaniya, um, but it has since, well, the uh, the last few years of Sridhar Marsh's manifest presence and then afterwards 
considerably more so after his disappearance, become a place of pilgrimage for those um, uh, associated with him. Um, and the tradition of that, uh, in some senses, is uh, initiated by or uh, emphasis uh, is given to that, the, the place of Papania, the place of his birth, as a place of pilgrimage by his illustrious godbrother, Akinchina Krishnadas Babaji Maharaj, who was very fond of Puja Patrita Maharaj, very fond of Puja Padesi Bhaktivedanta Sami uh, Prabhupada as well. Uh, he used to uh, go there, hmm? and uh, probably before any other pilgrims and followers of uh, uh, Sri Marsh did, and uh, and he would um, make it a place of his pilgrimage and, and worship it and so forth. It was, I should note, Kinchin uh, Krishnadas Babaji Marsh who first pointed out the. Uh, importance of recording the words of Pujapada Sridhar Maharaj when a godbrother of mine had gone um, to his Sridhar Maharaj's moth because which was unknown to him but he had heard that Akinshanas Babaji was staying at such and such moth and it was popular amongst those in uh, in, in Iskon in, in those days who, le- who liked kirtan and uh, to perfect musically the kirtan and so forth to to try to take uh, advantage of associating with the Kinchina Krishnadas Babaji Maharaj and learning his techniques for um, kirtan. Hmm. He was famous for his kirtan. To give another example, before I finish this uh, story, some of my godbrothers heard in Vrindavan one night that he was going to be staying up all night uh, chanting for Ikadasi, so they went to spend the night with him. They found where he was, and, and he asked what they were doing. They said, well, we heard you're going to stay up and chant. So we wanted to chant with you. So he said, all right. So they sat and he was chanting Japa and so forth. And they had come with their instruments and whatnot. And after a while of chanting Japa, one of my godbrothers said, uh, Marash Kol, Kol, which just means Murdanga, you know, would you like to play the Murdanga? Or can we get the kirtan going now? And, and so forth. He said, he said no, it's the Ikadasi, no disturbance. Mm. No distraction, but they were obviously at the time more preoccupied superficially with the musical aspect hmm? rather than seeing the musical instruments as accompanying the, the, the chanting. And so <laughs> so on this occasion, when I was referring to earlier, Kinshanish Krishnadas Babaji Marsh was at Sridhar Marsh's moth and so this fellow went and searched him out and found him, god brother of mine. And... Uh, and so Marsh was chanting, and he brought out his recorder. Hmm. Yeah. And so then Marsh stopped and said, what is that for? He said, I came to record your kirtan. He said, that is not the teaching. The teaching is not that you record other people's kirtan, but that you do kirtan. Hmm. So these are the kind of insights. I cite two instances of Krishna's cover, uh, Krishna's uh, Babaji Maharaj's replies that are uh, that uh, exemplify real you know, cutting spiritual insight. And it shows how thick the conditioning can be and how subtle it can be as well. Hmm? We need people like this in our lives to to uh, penetrate through the subtleness of our uh, subtle ways in which we become quasi spiritual with all the trappings and so forth but really off off course off center in our in our pursuit in our practice so that doesn't mean that you shouldn't learn the murdanga nicely and cartels and so on and so forth so he said but if you want to record something then come with me and he took him upstairs onto the veranda where pujapatrita marsh would sit and he said Whatever he says, we record that. And eventually, as it as it came to pass, um, that godbrother of mine uh, became one of the first disciples of Prabhupada to take sannyas from Sri Maharaj to leave Iskand. This is after Prabhupada's departure, and come under the shelter of Sri Maharaj, record all of his talks, and publish the first books 
of Sri Dharmarsha's talks, like Sri Gurna's Grace and Search for Sri Krishna in Reality, the Beautiful, these these books and so forth. Hmm? So he took the advice <laughs> of Krishna Das Babaji Maharaj very seriously, as it, as it turned out, uh, more seriously than he thought of at the time hmm? that uh, he ever would. The first time his that he was there on the occasion I mentioned, of course, Prabhupada was still present amongst us, as I recall. So, uh, so at any rate, uh, uh, it was Krishnadas Babaji Maharaj who used to go there to Sridharmarsha's uh, place of birth and, and worship it, and it's become a, a tradition now, and a beautiful temple has been built there, and uh, there are festivals there honoring it, and so it's a, it's a, he's a hometown saint there, Hapaniya, hmm? And um, and and thus uh, he appeared in the world in the Goda Mangala Sahaper auspicious, of course. Um, sometimes it's thought that the associates of the Lord who come with him, Sri Krishna and Chaitanya Lila, that they should all appear within the Goda Mandala. But uh, this is not necessarily the case. We find some appeared outside of the Godamandala, and the implication of that is, hmm, while when Krishna appears in the world and all of his uh, Braj associates appear in the Braj with him, um, uh, some of those same associates in Gorlila don't appear in the Godamandala because the implication is the Gorlila includes the audarya and the magnanimity, the distribution, the dissemination of the sweetness of Krishna Lila, and so there needs to be representation far and wide. Hmm? So some of the intimate circle, hmm, uh, let's take, for example, Gopal Bhatta Goswami, he appeared in South India. Hmm? Rup Sanatan, they were perhaps is it outside of the Guru Mandala also. Or, or, but anyway, I'm not sure about that, as I recall. But but, uh, but a number of associates, and the extended idea, of course, and as time goes on, um, important persons in the dissemination of Chaitanya Lila are appearing in different parts of the world. So, um, at any rate, an auspicious uh, appearance in the world. 1895 seems like a long time ago. And... Um, he uh, had a um, appeared in the Brahmin family, so a somewhat educated uh, family, and he was uh, quite uh, scholarly himself in his studies and so forth. Um, he was always of a religious uh, bent of mind, and in the school at that time, in his school days, there was this divide between India's uh, educated, moving in a secular direction, and and those staying in a more traditional and uh, spiritual orientation uh, to life. And he sided with the latter uh, group, and eventually um, he he per- pursued uh, a real spiritual guide. And it was in 1923, I believe, that he met. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and came in touch with Gaudiya Mat after meeting a, f- a few other um, tantrics and uh, so-called uh, gurus and whatnot that he kind of sorted sorted through and they all seemed to propel him in the direction of his ultimate refuge at the feet of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And then in 1926, uh, he actually joined the mission, became a full-fledged member, was initiated, I believe, in 1927, 1930. He was initiated as a sannyasi. Hmm. He was, um, in his early days, devoted to Ramchandra. And um, by the influence of Gaudiamath, he became attracted to uh, Chaitanya and Radha's position. And in the context of that, uh, he developed an appreciation for Krishna point being that he was attracted to the noble and dignified and morally high and stout uh, side of, of, of Ramchandra and to the sacrificing of Radhika, 
sacrificing side of the equation of the absolute. And Chaitanya, of course, uh, the sacrificer, the sannyasi, the giving up and so forth, Krishna being the enjoyer. So he identified more with that side. And from that side, he came to appreciate um, uh, Krishna. And... And um, <clears throat> I think that, if I recall correctly, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, at the time of initiation, maybe named him, was it Ramendra? Hmm? That was his birth name, something similar to his birth name. Um, but, hmm? I'm not sure, I can't remember now. Uh, something similar, but at the time of his sannyas, he changed his name, of course, and he gave him a name which came to be very, very much, very much characterize him in terms of how our experience of him many, many years later, uh, he named him Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar. Sridhar uh, is the sannyas name, and Bhakti Rakshak is a, uh, is uh, uh, are the uh, uh, names that identify him first of as as a devotee in the line of. Um, uh, Chaitanya Bhakti and and um, this, the Rakshaka's word is name is meant to characterize him in, in particular. So he's a Sridhar means the, the holder of, uh, of of wealth. That is the wealth, of course, of Prem, and uh, Rakshak means a protector. So the protector of the wealth of of Prem, the treasure that he would keep close in one sense, um, and not not that it wouldn't be distributed, but to be sure that it would not be counterfeited, something like that, hmm. um, and misrepresented and so forth. And of course, the other side of the name of, of Sridhar, Jiva Goswami has commented in Sundarvas, um, in his reference to Sridhar Swami, who was a great Bhagavatam commentator of the past that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appreciated, the Jiva Goswami has called him the one uh, protector of bhakti. Hmm. And so the Sridhar name, with regard to the great Sridhar Swami of, of past, uh, in connection with the uh, name that Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur gave him at Sanyas, Rakshak, the protector of bhakti, and Sridhar, in recalling how Jiva Goswami uh, described the ancient Sridhar Swami, puts emphasis on the idea that uh, he was to be a protector of the treasure that is bhakti. And as I say, in uh, later years where we had personal experience of uh, uh, and first-hand association of, of Sridhar Maharaj and his entering into the lives of many devotees, um, that sense of his name became very prominent and it seemed very prophetic that uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Sosati Thakur had named him like this in as early as 1930. He came into our lives in the late, late 1970s after the disappearance of, of our Prabhupada in 1977. Uh, he became prominently involved in the lives of many of Prabhupada's disciples from then up until his passing in 19, what, 88? Hmm. Um, so, 11 years. Hmm. You have to think for a moment and recall that Prabhupada's campaign, Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, his campaign of preaching in the world was uh, endured for 12 years. Hmm. And Sridhar Maharaj's influence on his disciples that was really the door to which was opened by Prabhupada himself endured for 12 years um, with some restraints. Um, but I'm just thinking of it at the moment. It uh, was, a, was a, for as long uh, almost as Prabhupada's entire campaign uh, Sridhar Maharaj was an active, known uh, figure in ISKCON, giving uh, very uh, valuable 
Siksha to those uh, disciples of Prabhupada and eventually his own disciples as well who had developed uh, affinity for him. And of course, as I say, the door to that was opened by Srila uh, Prabhupada himself who famously, um, just a month or so before passing, uh, when asked if there was anyone we could associate with in his uh, absence other than with regard to any advice, technical advice as to how to conduct the, the samadhi, the funeral, uh, he replied, "My Gavadar B. R. Sridhar of Navadweep for philosophy." Hmm. That was a huge um, statement, and it, of course, it wasn't an isolated statement. In that, Prabhupada, over the years, if we study the record, made it clear that the association of Sridhar Marsh was desirable. Hmm. Um, indeed, he uh, at times described himself as being tutored by Sridhar Marsh. Uh, that everything he learned, he learned from Sridhar Marsh. That Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta wanted Sridhar Marsh to prepare him for preaching, for going to the West, and he, and what to speak of uh, how you can benefit from his association as a, as as a Siksha Guru. I consider my Siksha Guru. Statements like this: I want you to become. He told him personally to become the president of ISKCON and I will bring people from all over the world to hear from you. Um, my disciples are building a house for me in Mayapur. I will make it two stories. The second floor will be for you and we'll build an elevator so that you don't have to go up and down the stairs in your old age. Hmm? And people from all over the world will come and hear from you. Hmm? Um, so these are just a few of the many statements that Prabhupada made over the course of his 12 years um, preaching uh, and circulating around the globe and whatnot, he referred to Sridhar Maharaj for advice and to how to how, so how to conduct himself in the preaching campaign early on, when he was uh, had suffered from a heart attack on the East Coast, and um, he wrote to to uh, he wrote to actually to to Sridhar Maharaj through Govinda Maharaj, Sridhar Maharaj's assistant and successor who was uh, always prominent in his mission. And uh, this is a sign, an indication of Prabhupada's respect for Sridhar Maharaj. He wrote to his assistant and asked that if he could please ask Guru Maharaj for his advice about my situation. Here I am preaching and I've suffered a heart attack. My health is not good. I could pass at any time. Should I return to Vrindavan and leave the world in Vrindavan, uh, as is highly recommended, or should I stay in the field here in the Western world and preach? And the advice came back from Sridhar Maharaj to stay and preach. And of course, he uh, embraced that. Uh, at the time, he, he expressed that he had uh, a shortcoming, Prabhupada, that is, that, and that was that he had no one to consult with, hmm? no peers, no, or superiors to consult with. Um, and this is really a sign of his um, being a superlative devotee. Some will, uh, with a poor understanding of Vaishnavism, will uh, not like to hear such a statement that Prabhupada felt he had a lacking, that he had no one to consult with. And they would think, oh, he didn't, he must, that was his humility. He didn't need to consult with anybody. He knows everything. He's perfect. And to think like that and emphasize that will be to um, undermine his position, to relativize him, and so on and so forth. But I think of it quite uh, differently, and, in, and I think more in this real spirit of Vaishnavism, that the Vaishnav actually feels that he or she needs someone to consult with and longs for uh, um, association with uh, advanced devotees. And, and this is the sign, really, of their good health. And uh, uh, not that they're, they, they know everything, they're done, they're finished, uh, and so forth. Uh, the, the fact that they are done, if you will, or finished, and and are, are perfect, is that they express such sentiments. We find them, for example, in the, in the song of Narottam Thakur, which we often sing on the disappearance days of great devotees. This is, of course, the appearance day of Sridhar Maharaj, which is auspicious also because it is in the month of Kartik, which happens to correspond with the disappearance of Prabhupada, which would be a week later in the month of Kartik, uh, an auspicious month. But... Um, 
But at any rate, Thakur Narottam Das sings that, oh, I'm, I'm beating my head against the stone. Uh, I'm feeling so much of a lack in the absence of Rupa and Sanatana and all these great devotees and so forth. How will I go on? How will I live my life? Hmm? So this is a very beautiful uh, idea. Hmm? The longing for Vaishnav Seva, Vaishnav Sangha, uh, good association, association with advanced devotees and so forth. This is a sign of, of good health. This is not a sign of some lacking. Uh, to take it uh, further, uh, this misconception, we ourselves, persons like myself, were very much feeling the need for good association in the absence of Prabhupada uh, because we knew what good association was. Hmm? And, and Prabhupada had, had, had left the world. And so to long for that kind of association that kind of guidance and so forth, that's, uh, I would think, a, a sign of, 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 of good health and of really understanding what it meant and what was the loss. And there were others would say, he's not gone, he's with us, and so forth and so on. Well, those kind of statements, you know, they have some place, but when they get overemphasized, you start to wonder, do they really feel his loss? <laughs> They're saying he's here all the time. You know, they, they don't miss him. You know, he's not gone at all. Everything's fine. Hmm? We've got his books. He's here in the books. I mean, uh, I had his books. Hmm? I read his books, but it didn't stop me from wanting to be in his association <laughs> when he was here. I didn't just say, well, I've got his books. Uh, you know, I don't need to go and see him personally. Hmm? I have no interest in that. He's perfectly present in his books. And so so, so uh, to make such an emphasis on, on the idea that he's still here starts to bring into question how much you really appreciated him when he was because the other side of it would be how, what, a, what a loss I'm feeling. And um, of course then the other thing is uh, misconception is that how could somebody else fill the loss of of a, of another person. Hmm? And of course the answer is that when the same quality of association comes through a different vehicle, the, it's the quality of the association that uh, uh, brings um, comfort. Hmm? Uh, so, excuse me, the, those of us who felt the, 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 the need for advanced association and desired that and so forth and found it in uh, in, in, in Sridhar Maharaj where it actually was and that's an objective fact hmm? where it actually what did exist it's not a, a debatable hmm? whether Sridhar Maharaj's association was desirable as I said earlier Prabhupada was emphasizing that throughout and while he while he did that there were circumstances that did not make it possible in his, in his mind, for us to have intimate association with Sridhar Maharaj. Circumstances, um, uh, for example, largely the circumstances were that uh, other godbrothers of Prabhupada and Sridhar Maharaj would often come to visit Sridhar Maharaj and they, they sometimes did not have a favorable um, attitude towards Prabhupada in his preaching. And so he didn't want that he feared at times, well, if my disciples associate intimately with Marsh, they'll have to bump into some of these other guys, and that will not be a conducive environment for them, so sometimes he put on, on the brake. But the point I'm making here, of course, is that circumstances are one thing that may prevent something from happening, uh, uh, um, but if the circumstances are removed... So, in other words, substantially and essentially, Prabhupada made it clear the association of Sridhar Maharaj is, is desirable. But there are extenuating circumstances that may make it awkward uh, for my disciples to take advantage of that. But in our time, of course, of coming in touch with Sridhar Maharaj, those were largely uh, removed. Hmm? Sridhar Maharaj was one of, the, one of the last of Prabhupada's disciples and... By that time, after Prabhupada's passing, it was clear that his contribution was what it was, and really nobody could really uh, argue with it. Um, 
that it was an extraordinary contribution and so on and so forth. Um, and others who had questioned it and so forth, um, um, a number of them came forward and acknowledged that what he had done was extraordinary and fulfilling the ambition of Bhakti Siddhanta for preaching in the West and so forth. And of course, Sridhar Maharaj always felt that way and always supported that. And even assisted Prabhupada at times when and asked him and within uh, his, 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 his means. So it was very clear and objectively uh, uh, objective that an objective truth that Sridhar Maharaj's dissociation was was desirable, hmm? uh, valuable. And, uh, of course, we had that direct uh, confirmation and experience in our pursuing it and our sense of a need for it, unfortunately, was billed by some as a lack in ourselves. They had Prabhupada in his absence to the, such an extent that they didn't need someone else to fill the gap because they didn't have a gap. Well, I'll be the first to tell you, I felt the gap. <laughs> I felt the, 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 his, the absence of his association was a great loss in my life. And I still had all of his teachings, his books, his tapes, and read them and so forth and so on, but it wasn't, uh, wasn't enough, if you will. Prabhupada personally told me that all year, you go, all year long, you go and preach and then come every year and spend one month with me in Mayapur in Vrindavan. And of course, I did that every year uh, thereafter. And whenever he came to America, I found an opportunity to go and spend time with him there uh, as well. So um, I knew that what that was like. I knew the value of that. And I knew the, the, the loss of that in my life was great. And you try to get it fulfilled with, uh, with, uh, with, through sadhu sangha. And here was a sadhu whose sangha was very uh, extraordinary. Hmm? Very extraordinary. And... And by the uh, providence, his association was also very different from Prabhupada's, which was very useful. Hmm? Because we were used to being spoon-fed from a certain uh, um, hand. And as I mentioned earlier, there are many ways in which the subtle, subtle spiritual essence can be um, misconstrued for an external carrier of that subtle message at the loss of, the, of getting the nourishment of the spiritual essence and over-identifying with the form or the vehicle in which it's, um, through which it's disseminated and so forth. Um, and so uh, we were accustomed to hearing from Prabhupada in a certain way and relating to Prabhupada in a certain way and so forth. And Chidamarsh is very different. I mean, Prabhupada was very regal and uh, surrounded by lots of people all of the time. And uh, he was a very, um, I want to say, very paka, very, you know, uh, um, well, in contrast, anyway, Chidamarsh was very relaxed. And I don't mean to say that Prabhupada wasn't relaxed, but he was very. Um, I want to say more more casual um, with us, and um, much more unkempt as well, uh, with the hair growing and a beard growing <laughs> at times, and uh, and torn cloth. The pranam that we sing to him, how's it go? Devam divitanum suchandavaranam, describing his effulgent cloth, you know, and uh, Shining brilliantly, well, it was really quite tattered and torn and bleached and <laughs> and uh, and sitting on a on a very um, you know probably we had a big ornate seats that we made for Prabhupada and light shining on him and so forth and uh, Shudamarsh was, was, was his setting the setting in which you met him was very very different. there were no light light shining on him, there was no big seat. Um, he sat on his veranda, and he was ninety percent blind with thick glasses and uh, and um, and his delivery was uh, was was very different from from Prabhupada's also um, so it was very different and that was very helpful hmm, to um, 
be able to identify the same substance, essential spiritual current in a different shape, in a different form, and to be able to thereby, um, in a very prominent way, get a sense of this uh, distinguishing between form and substance. And not everybody could catch that, unfortunately. It was very um, uh, very obvious to me and uh, um, hard to miss, but, but some, some could not, and they were... And they, um, were as a result of that unable to even really hear and digest what to speak of digest the uh, important not only important pertinent and profound insights of Sridhar Maharaj in general and not only the profound and pertinent important insights in particular to the situation with regard to Guru Tattva and so forth but also the, just the overwhelming affection of Sridhar Maharaj he was just very very uh, kind and um, heart uh, uh, melting, stern, strict, uh, but uh, extremely uh, uh, affectionate, and able to to you know detect the the, the 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 nature of the heart of of others and so forth. And I had that uh, experience with Prabhupada, and that's really what you know what got me in, involved in his mission. And uh, I had a similar experience with Shidamarsha. I knew I was getting two leaves, to use an analogy that Prabhupada once used, from the same tree that may fall, appear in different places, some distance apart, carried by the wind of providence. Hmm? But when you take the two of them and you taste them, then you know they came from the same tree. Then you put the two and two together, and the two becomes one, <laughs> essentially one. Hmm? And Guru is one. Guru is Krishna in an essential sense. So, um, well, I was very fortunate to come into the uh, Association of Sridhar Maharaj in about 19, sometime 80, 84. And, um, and uh, so, f- for about four years, in those days, he used to sit on his veranda for nearly two hours uh, in the morning and evening and just answer questions and speak and so forth. And the talks were recorded as I mentioned earlier, turned into books and all, and it was it was a huge contribution. It went on for eleven years, and those who drank from that fountain hmm, and who were nourished were arguably in a better position, hmm, better equipped to uh, to carry on. I mean, imagine, as I said, twelve years of Prophet's association mission association. Imagine if they had twelve more. Well, it was almost like that. Huh? Uh, so to speak. And, uh, and I, I want to say also that while I came under the direct association of Sridhar Maharaj in about 1984, um, his his interaction with ISKCON disciples and leaders and so forth began in 1978, in, uh, in the um, spring of 1978. So there was a current of his thought coming in, influencing, and so on and so forth. Um, and there were reasons that... Um, not everybody um, went to him in those days. We were trying to support the leadership, and he was trying to support the leadership of ISKCON as well. And um, so we tried to get nourished you know, through them, and we were happy that they had uh, uh, the Association of, of Sridhar Maharaj and so forth, and thought that that would be sufficient and, and a way to conduct ourselves that would be Desirable from Prophet's point of view, but of course the leaders, many of them did not understand Sridhar Maharaj, misunderstood him, and unfortunately um, uh, went against him, and so we went against that, if you will, and in doing so went, we think, in concert with, uh, moved in concert with how Prabhupada would have expected us. As I say, there was nothing at the time, uh, none of the obstacles that were previously present that could get in the way of or um, somehow make it uh, his association problematic. So uh, we took advantage and here we are today. So um, personally, um, uh, as I say, I um, began associating with him in 1984. I spent some time at, at the Moth over the years 
um, sometimes uh, alone at the moth for as long as a, a month or two, uh, alone being the, being the only Westerner. That's where I first studied Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Um, and must have been 1986, something like that, in Mayapur, Sri Tathana Saraswat Mat, May, June of maybe 1986. And um, I, I talked with uh, Sridhar Marsh about my studies and so forth there uh, at that time. Um, that was a memorable occasion, and a number of uh, Gaur Purnimas and uh, Kartik events uh, spent there. He was very kind to me. Uh, as you know, my birthday is the day before Gaur Purnim, and so when I first went there with some disciples, and someone was in, was on Gaur, in the Gaur Purnim festival, and, and one of my Gaurbhadas said, today is, you know, or tomorrow or today or something, is Tripurari Marsh's birthday. He said, oh, there should be a celebration amongst the disciples and so forth, arrange it over here. And and so he called for that, and, and some ceremony was held and so forth. Um, he uh, uh, considered me a bona fide student, which was the statement that he made to Hari Charan, a famous brahmachari and elder disciple of Sridhar Maharaj, who came to me with wide eyes and said, Gurmar said you were a bona fide student. This is very, like a huge compliment. <laughs> uh, conservative uh, as he was in, in, in many respects with regard to... Uh, um, Acknowledging the uh, um, uh, inner life of uh, devotees, conservative about that, and there's a lot of imitation and so forth, and so on. So I was quite uh, happy uh, to hear that he um, personally asked me in his room, uh, off of his veranda in his bedroom, to um, go out and uh, start a mission, preach. He said, Swami Marsh, Prabhupada has told you everything, and so you should go and preach, you know everything. And, and if you need any help, I'll be in the background, and my Radha Govinda is here, and you can come here sometimes, but mainly go and start something. So it was that was what he had in mind for uh, really all of us who uh, had come to him, and sannyasis, or those who had taken sannyas from him, and so forth. And, and some of us were successful in that. Um, and uh, and because of his uh, blessing and the blessing of Srila Prabhupada, you know, we're really here today. So he's a very important uh, figure in our lives. He uh, is, I think, a very important figure in the Gaudiya community. And um, or at large, one of the uh, ways in which that uh, can be pointed out is... Uh, by pointing to his literary contributions. They're quite um, extraordinary, and I've described them as being analogous in some respects to the contributions of the Goswamis themselves, the Goswamis themselves who wrote poetically about Krishna, about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and, and so forth. And um, we, we don't find a lot of that kind of competition or, or composition in Sanskrit, hmm? over the generations from the time of the Goswamis, um, the, the likes of which we find, find that flowed from the pen of Pujapatrita Marsh, his Premadam Devastotram, for example. What is it? I don't know how many verses. 72, 72 verses describing the uh, philosophy and the uh, pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are very uh, profound, very poetic, all in Sanskrit, uh, very concise, uh, and uh, of course they, those, those, that is sung at his moth daily, ten prayers a day. They go through that and, and, and start over again, and and so forth. Um, it's it's a veritable, uh, you know, Chaitanya Charitamrita or Chaitanya Bhagwat, if you will, in in, in, in poetry, in in, 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 in a, say in a concise way, uh, uh, a huge contribution. Hmm? This should be. Celebrated uh, and circulated throughout the, the Gaudiya world, hmm? certainly is within the Bhakti Vinod Paribar, as of course is his glorification of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsi Thakur, um, that uh, uh, so much um, 
captured him, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, that this song is sung in every Gaudiya Math, every, I want to say, institution formed by disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. And my Guru Maharaj Prabhupada also asked that this song be sung every day in his temples. He asked it uh, to Alpha Kayananda Maharaj, who was the president at the time of Vrindavan, but he never... Um, it, it didn't come to pass, but um, it, it was pretty standard. And in some places, it's actually, in some temples, it's actually engraved on the walls uh, um, in, in, in some of those temples in stone. So uh, uh, he was able to, in the estimation of his god-brothers, capture the spirit and essential uh, feeling that was Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur in poetry and song. And that kind of acknowledgement from the god-brothers is, is no small thing. Hmm? Um, to say, he, you know, and then, then to incorporate this and have their disciples sing this and and so forth. It's, it's, it's quite a statement. Hmm? And from the other side, of course, this is the one side, the God-brothers are making this statement. From the other side, from his own guru, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur, said that in his poem glorifying Bhakti Vinod Thakur, Bhakti Vinod Biraha Dwarasakam, I think it was, that he had captured the essence of Bhakti Vinod. He found Bhakti Vinod personally present in that poem. So, you have it from his superior, from his, from his guru, and from his godbrothers on both sides converging and saying that in his poetry, uh, in his writing, in, in his Sanskrit, to write in Sanskrit, it was scholarly at the same time, that it was spiritually deep and profound and essential. He was able to capture, hmm, essentially, to the heart's satisfaction of his godbrothers, his own guru. Hmm, um, I, I, I'm, I'm drawn to think, you know, that Ashram Rosh wrote a very nice book about Prabhupada, and we helped to contribute to that. It really captures him in a way, but some people aren't captured by that. I'm not sure if it's their lack of, maybe their lack of qualification. Maybe Bhakti Siddhanta's disciples were more qualified to be able to appreciate, but at any rate, uh, they did. Uh, 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 the... Uh, uh, that glorification of, of Bhakti Siddhanta, and, and again, Bhakti Siddhanta, this glorification of Bhakti Vinod. So these are very um, uh, um, compelling uh, statements as to the value of his uh, literary contributions. He penned a commentary on the Gayatri mantra following the, the, the lead of Jiva Goswami, uh, where he, in in Tattva Sandarbha and Paramatma Sandarbha where he comments on Brahma Gayatri and speaks of it in terms of it being an, a, a petition to the Supreme Lord Bhagavan Sri Krishna and, and, and really no one else. He gives some slight indication that Sri Dharmarsh picked up on and took from there to indicate that the that in in connection with its being a a uh, petition uh, to Bhagavan Sri Krishna, it is one that petitions uh, him, in a sense, in the light of uh, Sri uh, Radha's uh, service to him and perception of him, the way in which she illuminates him by her service and so forth. So, an advocacy of Radha Dasyam to, to get Radha Dasyam service to uh, Radha out of the Brahma Gayatri is quite. Um, an accomplishment. Uh, it seemed to be a prayer to to, to uh, the sun god, to this one, that one, and it's uh, many different conceptions of that. So to draw um, Radha Dasyam from it is, is quite a... Uh, it indicates some preoccupation, I would say, with Radha Dasyam, <laughs> which, of course, uh, he, he was preoccupied with. And some and some great uh, scholarship at the same time. His uh, I don't know if it's penned, but his spoken uh, commentary on the Rig Veda mantra Om Tad Vishnu Paramam Param Sada is also very insightful, very profound. Um, 
and he did this very, very tastefully, um, uh, speaking about higher topics, if you will, uh, very philosophically, very tastefully. And uh, once I was approached by one of my godbrothers and asked, how is it that Sridhar Marsh could talk about higher topics in a way that persons would, who weren't eligible for higher topics would not get confused because he had been associating with someone who was talking about higher topics and less um, advanced devotees were becoming confused by them. And I said, well, you know, he didn't talk so much about higher topics, but when he did, it was very tastefully. But I would say I would characterize him more as speaking about lower topics in the highest way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is real spiritual you know, com- and compelling type of speech, which he's very much characterized by. He could speak about, um, you know, the basic idea, the 101 of spirituality, that is the difference between uh, consciousness and, and matter in an extremely uh, compelling way. Um, and so about the lowest things in the highest way and about the highest things in a lower way, but a very tasteful way that gave the philosophical parameters and uh, and you can see I get some of that from from him um, uh, so of uh, again a very much a protector of of bhakti of praying bhakti that treasure that he, he possessor Sridhar of the wealth that is praying bhakti and like he said i'm I'm not just letting just anyone in. I mean, everyone's invited <laughs> to the door and they has to take their shoes off there. But if you don't take your shoes off, you, you, you're not, you can't, can't get in, something like that. So it's uh, uh, protecting it, that means to say, from being uh, distorted, misrepresented, uh, counterfeited, um, and so on and so forth. He was very um, uh, expert at that. He's a very good example of the line from the poem penned by Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsi Thakur at the time of moving the deities in Calcutta from the rented house to the new marble temple, which is a huge event in Gaudiamat, the marble temple, which, which is in Calcutta outside of the Dom, and they were preaching. In those times, Vaishnavas only lived in the sacred Doms. They didn't go to big cities of where uh, materialism was uh, raging and so forth, but Bhaktisiddhanta went there to, to preach and so forth. So he penned a poem, and there's a line from the poem that Sridhar Marsh felt really encapsulated the mood of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsthi Thakur with regard to the Rag Marg um, and, and the praying Bhakti of, uh, of Braj. Pujala Raga Patagora Vabhange Matala Sadhujana Kirtana Rangi. He en- engraved this uh, statement over the arch of the temple at Sri Chaitanya Saraswatamath, and he very much personified it also. Hmm? The idea being that that uh, we find the Ragmarg to be worshipable. Hmm? It's a very interesting idea because um, we worship the Ragmarg with awe and reverence. <laughs> it's not worshiping Krishna with awe and reverence like they do in Vaikuntha. Hmm? But it's worshiping with awe and reverence the devotees who love him hmm, spontaneously and in Rag Marg. Hmm? And we hold that over our heads as our worshipable ideal. Hmm? And we humbly petition that we might get access into that. And our main um, methodology, if you will, or approach to that is to humbly carry on the Sankirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, widely preaching the glories of that, the philosophical foundation to that, that it might not be misunderstood in the hopes that someday that that, that reverence uh, for the Ragmarg will be crossed over, so to speak, and we'll be allowed entrance in, having pleased that Sarup Shakti, and all, all the embodiments of all those different mellows, Dasya, Sakya, Patsalya, and Madhurya. Very interesting um, uh, concept. Hmm? And uh, Sridhar very much uh, personified it as the protector of all these, this, this higher realm. And there's, of course, the famous story, and I'll conclude with this, of the time of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur's departure from the world and how 
just shortly before that, he asked that uh, for the song Shirupa Manjari Pada of Naratam Thakur be sung, that sings about the seva of the uh, Manjari handmaidens of Radha hmm? as the spiritual ideal of Naratam Thakur, which was the spiritual ideal of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsti Thakur. And so uh, at that time, uh, Pujapad Bhakti Pramod Puri Goswami, she was a kirtanir and famous as a kirtanir with a beautiful voice. He began to sing the song at the um, uh, urging of uh, Kunja Baba, who later became Bhakti Vilas Tirtha Maharaj, the manager of Godiamath. And Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati Thakur stalked him and said, No, I don't want to hear the sweet voice. I want to hear uh, with. Uh, uh, hmm? Substance with realization, and he pointed for Sridhar Marsh. He wanted Sridhar Marsh to sing, so his voice was not as sweet. Although he has a sweet voice, and there are some recordings. There is a recording of him singing this song. Also, hmm. it's very compelling. So he sang that for Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and uh, the God Brothers at the time, Puri Marsh included, hmm, thought that Guru Marsh has blessed Sridhar Marsh with something that uh, some realization that is worshipable by us, and Puri Marsh. Um, uh, accepted Sridhar Maharaj as his guardian and Sikshu Guru uh, from from then on. Hmm? And uh, even to the days that we knew him and so forth, if you'd ever say anything about Sridhar Maharaj, he'd, he'd be like this, oh, Sridhar Maharaj. And, and uh, uh, in his old age, in over a hundred, he was, he just mentioned Sridhar Maharaj's name, he would become humble. So, uh, this was a powerful statement to Puri Maharaj as to the adhikar, the eligibility of Pujapatrita Maharaj. And without a trace of envy or anything, he just, just, uh, just showing his own eligibility, his own qualities, he just subordinated himself to Sridhar Maharaj. He would come every year to Sridhar Maharaj's appearance day and speak something and so forth. And uh, so, so anyway, at that time, um, the God Brothers reasoned that 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 Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur has given Sridhar Maharaj entrance into the into Ragmarg into Manjari's camp, and Sridhar Maharaj says, "But they used to say that." But I thought, "No, he's posted me at the gate, and I'm not letting just anybody in." <laughs> yeah, so I'm screening and protecting the gate, something like that. So again, it it uh, comes back to his. Uh, Sanyas name, which for us is very seems very uh, prophetic uh, on the part of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsadaka, a name that he came to, to fulfill all the implications of. Um, and we were talking about it a little bit today. I mean, it still remains such a uh, a a, a um, enormous confusion about. It, what is essentially Gaudiya Vaishnavism among many of Prabhupada's uh, disciples and uh, confusing Varnashram with uh, Bhakti Marg and, and so on and so forth. The, 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 there was some discussion about this that's been going on and every now and then we hear something about it. Um, and all this is cleared up in one minute okay, from here, from, from Sridhar Marsh and retired and done. Uh, uh, so to resist that and the dispensation of his, uh, that was very unfortunate, very detrimental, we can see, to the spiritual lives of, of, of many of Prabhupada's disciples. And to have taken advantage of it was potentially very, very, very um, uh, helpful. So the protector of devotion and, uh, and uh, the separating out of the form from substance and so forth that is... That is uh, as much to do with that kind of protection. Um, again, he very much personified that. So we feel very well protected under the uh, auspices of Sridhar Marsh preaching and opening centers with his blessing at his personal request to me to do so. Uh, we feel very much uh, em- empowered, emboldened, and <laughs> fearless uh, to uh, go forward and represent Gaudiya Vaishnavism in the world. And we hope we can pass that on to all of you in the next generation that you will um, be humble amongst one another and roar like lions uh, against uh, any opposition to what is the essential 
go to Vaishnavism and stand up and exemplify it uh, for others as he would have wished. Sridhar Marsh once told me, he said, you're all, I'm old now, if I was younger and I had men like you, what I could do. Hmm. So, uh, we were good men, I guess he thought. We were ready to do whatever. We need all of you to be ready to do whatever is needed at any time. And uh, we have time, we can do much, and uh, that much is expected of us by, by Bhakti Vinod Thakur, by Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsi Thakur, by A.C. Bhakti Vedanta, Swami Prabhupada, Bhakti Rakshak, Siddhar Dev Goswami Maharaj, our well-wishers, our elders, our guides, our, our gurus. So hmm. we're very blessed, we're very fortunate, we're well-protected, well-fortified. With courage we shall go forward and Gorbi Jai, the temple is named here, Gorbi Jai Temple. We shall celebrate the victory of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance and the, sub, the, the, the submerging and, uh, uh, if you will, uh, to the ocean of, of the nectar of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, all other ideas and retiring, flooding them, retiring them. Hmm? They have no, no, no chance to surface. There may be so many arguments and I was listening to, this morning to a very sophisticated argument as to the material nature of of consciousness. And I had to think that I wasn't satisfied with the argument, obviously, of the person. But beyond that, um, the taste of your argument and the taste of our argument, that is the defining... Um, that is the... Uh, ultimate <laughs> criterion <laughs> the taste of your argument it has no taste it does not plunge you into the depths of what uh, consciousness is and and the bliss the ananda hmm? the charm the beauty that lies there and so forth so you can talk about it in so many ways of being material and not as much as what people make it out to be but 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 we are actually tasting that hmm? And by comparison, then, this is very pragmatic. Hmm? The worldview that brings you into such a taste that is, uh, that characterizes the uh, uh, Braj Bhakti, that which was offered by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that is most uh, desirable. And that, if, as you progress and get taste for that, you'll see you, you have the capacity to extinguish other ideas, to retire them, and so forth. And let this reign supreme in the world. Sridhar Marsh, in the early days of his mission, wrote a poem about his moth, which was just a small place in Navadweep, and the flag of the Chichitana Saraswat moth is unfurling and flying all over the world and so forth. Of course, we think it was prophetic also when it came to pass. That flag is all, all over the world, and, uh, and uh, many people have been encouraged by that. So you should take strength from your Param Guru, Pray to him for uh, the kind of fortitude that we see in him. He faced many, many difficulties in uh, in pursuing Krishna Bhakti, difficulties in the mission and with the breakup of Gaudiya Math and so forth and so on. He saw the breakup of Iskon. And so, yeah, so there are, there are um, uh, it's sometimes a, a rocky road. You, if you want to live inside of my world, I was telling some of the day, it's very sweet, but it's very heavy also. It can be very heavy. It can be very sweet, and that can turn on you, and it can be very heavy. So, if you want to come in, be forewarned. That's, uh, uh, but that's good for you. Hmm? If you can, if you can take it, then uh, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to. Um, um, it will be a good opportunity. So, uh, with courage, we should go forward. We look at his life. Other, you know, I've just given some overview of some things. There are many. Uh, things that have been published and so forth, you should avail yourself of that, take advantage. This person is close to you, dear to you, cares about you, wanted you to be here. He wanted you to be. You are here because he, Vrajda, because of his um, words to me, hmm, from which I got the strength to do something that I I would not have done on my own. Hmm? Encouragement, the backing, the pushing, and so forth. So... Um, you know, we often hear about Prabhupada's greatness and so forth, and it was more overt. Sridhar Maharaj was there for 11 years. It was more covert in the background, but 
uh, I wanted to say by 12 and 11 years that it's equally Im- Im- important and compelling influences that are that are that uh, that are both Prabhupada and making up what your spiritual lives constitute as much as we are the Karipa, the grace, the mercy of our Guru, and I am, you know, the combination of the grace of these two Vaishnavas and for my disciples here and those who are listening, of course. Um, um, that's what that's what you get. So some idea of of what what you're what you're all about here. Hmm? And to investigate that further, and to take advantage of that, and and uh, in, 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 you know you can read those books and feel you know his insight and compassion, and be encouraged. He's he's there uh, for you. We're, we're bringing you. You could have you should have one guru, the prominent guru in your life, or you could have a couple. But uh, but they bring you into the whole plurality of gurus, so you're not disconnected by a generation, but by the parampara, you are connected. Hmm. Uh, this is the really the way to, to be continue, in the continued presence, if you will, of the uh, previous acharya through the guru parampara. So you've embraced this, and and um, I'm, I'm sure he would be very much pleased with you. So we'll stop there. Bhakti Rakshakshidadev Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai. Gaur